are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. It is another crossover edition of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cowboys. Joining me today is the great Julian Council from Locked On Panthers. Uh, we've got a fantastic battle this week between the pa- Panthers and the Cowboys, and let's dive right into it. But first and foremost, Julian, how are you doing today, sir? Marcus, doing well, man. Excited to talk uh, Panthers-Cowboys with you. Uh, definitely a match of a lot of folks across the league are trying to see whether the Panthers are for real or not after a 3-0 start. So excited to be sitting down with you today. Yeah, and this is going to be a fun show because my co-host, Landon McCool, and I, we just love a lot of the guys that the Panthers have drafted over the last couple of years. So they're kind of like the team that we've been kind of keeping an eye on, right? We call them our pet cats, right? Like DJ yeah. Moore, we love. Tommy Tremble was a guy I love this year. And there's Brian Burns and Derek Brown. So you guys have a really fun team. So I'm excited to dive into the matchup. So, Julian, let's talk about your Panthers. Okay. Uh, Sam Darnold. First three games of the year have been pretty good, have they not? Yeah, I mean, he's been a lot better than I expected, honestly, coming into the year. I was one of the skeptics of whether Sam Darnold was truly a franchise quarterback. Now, after three games, as well as he's played, almost 900 yards passing, hasn't really turned it over, did have a couple fumbles the other night against Houston, but were able to recover those. Lost one week one, had the wild interception that reminded you of what he looked like back in New York against the Saints in week two. He's, for the most part, taking care of the football. He's got the ball out to his playmakers. DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, not so much. Hoping to see more of him now that McCaffrey's going to be out for a little bit. But Sam Donald has looked like the quarterback that a lot of folks thought he could be when he came out of USC. He looks comfortable in Joe Brady's scheme, and he's making plays. So I'm excited what I've seen so far from him. But he's yet to play from behind. So there's yeah. plenty of other questions that need to be answered about Sam Donald before we can go ahead and definitively say that he is the answer at quarterback here long-term in Carolina. Yeah, so far so good for Sam Darnold. Great start for him. Um, I, I want to talk about DJ Moore. You brought him up. Yeah. One of my favorite players in the entire league. I, I tweet about him every single week because he's just so much fun to watch. But why hasn't he gotten more national attention and respect? Because we see all the time, you know, people list their top five, top ten receivers, and he's never in that list, and I don't understand why. Well, can you explain this at, at all to me? I think it's as simple as he plays for the Panthers, man. It's not like the Panthers get a ton of national coverage. I mean, the last time the Panthers were, I mean, anytime they're ever talked about in the last decade, it's because of who? Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Yep. Cam Newton basically put this franchise on the map, even though back in 03, they went to the Super Bowl in the 04, was 03 season, 04 Super Bowl, that they went down to Houston mm-hmm. and lost to the New England Patriots at the end of that game. But outside of that, it's not like it's an organization that a lot of people talk about. So, yeah, you've had great players like Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, and Luke Keekley certainly got plenty of his due sure. throughout his career. But for DJ Moore, I mean, he's just kind of been overshadowed. But you look at him last few seasons, he's had over 1,000 yards receiving back-to-back years with the likes of Teddy Bridgewater throwing to him, P.J. Walker, get Kyle Allen. Will he Greer. had uh, Will Greer, Cam Newton, who – Barely had an arm at that point in time, and he, yeah. all he's done is produce. So, yeah, he should definitely get more um, talk about him. And with the way Sam Donald's played so far so this season, I think a lot of people are paying attention to him and the Panthers start, and it will start to get a little bit more attention, especially on Sunday going up against a Dallas Cowboys team that on the other side has some pretty good receivers themselves. So there's going to be a lot of eyeballs in this game for an opportunity for DJ Moore to really shine. 
he's already having a fantastic season. I just hope it doesn't continue here in week four. Uh, no, that's just kidding. I, I hope yeah. he has a great game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to play in this game due to a hamstring injury. Um, first and foremost, how big of a loss is that for Carolina's offense? Yeah, it's massive. If we're being honest, yeah. like as soon as he went out of that game Thursday night against the Texans, the offense wasn't the same. Like they, mm-hmm. they got down to a situation where the Panthers have struggled in these short yardage situations, especially in the red zone since last season and the first couple of weeks of the season. And you're looking and seeing where's McCaffrey was in the injury tent and you're going to Chuba Hubbard on fourth and one and you're getting stuffed. Now that's a lot of that's the interior offensive line. But McCaffrey, it's not just him, his ability to run the football. It's not just his ability to receive it out of the backfield. He's so good in pass protection. And currently the guys who be stepping up for him, Chuba Hubbard, who I like, and I thought that was a really good draft pick by the Panthers. He just is not there when it comes to receiving the football and protecting Sam Donald. Because that you look at week one, when Robbie Anderson had that 57-yard reception. Mm-hmm. Dennis Daly, who's going to be starting at left guard for the Panthers since Pat Elfline is on IR, he started at right guard in that game. He completely whiffed on his block, but McCaffrey stepped up, took on the, the, the rusher, and gave Darnold the time to maneuver the pocket and hit Robbie Anderson downfield. Not having that is something that a lot of people need to pay attention to moving forward. It's going to hurt this offense, not just with them rushing, but the pass protection, I think, is the underrated aspect of Christian McCaffrey that a lot of folks just don't pay attention to. When we just look at the stats and the numbers, that's where he's probably one of the better backs in the league when it comes to that. Uh, let's stay on the offensive line because we have yeah. an old friend starting at left tackle, I believe, right? Cam Irving is playing left tackle for this team. Yeah, is he a friend or a foe? <laughs> I mean, he was with Dallas for about three games last year before he got hurt, right? Yeah. So, uh, I, I listen, I I like Cam Irving. I think he got a bad rap early in his career, but like if he's your fourth or fifth best lineman on your team, you can survive that way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is. How is the rest of this Carolina offensive line uh, holding up for the first couple of games? I'm not really sure where he would rank Cam Irving when you look at the uh, Panthers offensive line right now. But yeah, I mean, Taylor Moten got the bag right before the season, one of the highest paid right tackles in the NFL. He's been pretty much flawless throughout the season. Matt Paradis, the center, he's on his last year of his deal. He's had his ups and downs. John Miller who missed the first game against the Jets due to COVID, came back week two against the Saints and played every single offensive snap. Matt Rule said that he was an integral part of them winning that game. He's been good, but he's also had his ups and downs. Pat Elfline's no longer in the lineup. You put in Dennis Daly, but again, he's had his ups and downs. So this offensive line has been pretty mercurial. They've been up and down so far this season. They were a lot better in the second half against the Texans on Thursday after giving up three sacks. Now, one of those you could attribute to Sam Darnold not getting the football out quick enough. Either way, this is one of the key concerns going to the season. Sam Darnold didn't have time in, uh, back in New York, and there was a lot of concerns whether he would have time here in Carolina. You have plenty of weapons on this offense. We've already talked a, a lot about them. We haven't even spoken about Terrace Marshall, yep. but they can have a fantastic season so far this season, or he can have a fantastic season here in Carolina and a career. The O-line is They've been okay, but they have a lot of room to improve. I don't think they really face a pass rush yet that can dominate them and lead to a day where Sam Donald's potentially seeing ghosts like he did back in New York. There's just so many interesting storylines in this offense. We could do a whole show on that, but we got to move quickly over to the defense because I know we're running out of time. I I thought Phil Snow has been really good the first couple weeks of the season, but he's going to have his hands full this week with no J.C. Horn. Uh, They did trade for C.J. Henderson, but – what are you expecting for the secondary that's a little bit of like a makeshift mode right now? Three of the five secondary starters from week one are currently on IR. 
Miles Hartsfield, who hurt his wrist, is out for the next, I guess, six to 10 weeks. It was originally eight to 12, so it's been two weeks. So I guess it's six to 10 weeks now. You, um, Of course, J.C. Horn, eighth overall pick, the first defensive player taken off the board. He was covering the number one receiver uh, each of the three weeks. He's not going to be out. He might be done for the season with three broken bones in his foot. And then Justin Burris, who started last year at safety, has been back again this year for the Panthers. He's out with a groin injury. was placed on IR earlier this week. That's an issue for the Panthers. Jeremy Chin, he's still there. Dante Jackson, who's been excellent so far this season, particularly in um, in run d- defense, where earlier in his career, there's a lot of questions whether he was a willing tackler. Well, he's been more than willing tackler. He's also probably been their best cover corner so far this season. What it means is guys like Rashawn Melvin, who they signed in free agency, but he didn't make the active roster, was later signed to the practice squad, now playing on his ninth team, is going to have to step up as he was signed to the active roster earlier this week. And he's going to have to go out there and he's going to have to start for them. A.J. Boye, who's a key free agent signing, hasn't played far this season, missed the first two games because of the PED suspension that he was serving from last year. After coming over from Denver, he was out on Thursday night as they want to give him more time to recover from a soft t- tissue injury. He's probably going to be their number two, and he's been a pro bowler before. I have a lot of confidence in what he potentially could be. Just the question is, what will he be considering he hasn't played football since what, this November, December of last year for a Broncos team, and he was injured for the most part last season with Denver? Sean Chandler's looked pretty good at safety so far this season. Sam Franklin's going to have to step up and be in play safety as well for the Panthers. There are question marks, especially when you're going up against Dalton Schultz, Blake Drowen at tight end. You got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and then, I mean, Zeke and Tony Pollard can also come out of the backfield. There's a lot of matchups the Carolina Panthers are going to have to hopefully uh, be able to take care of with the injury issues that they had the last couple weeks going up against the Cowboys on Sunday. Yeah, if the Cowboys are going to win this game, it's going to be because of their offensive weapons against the secondary. So it's something to keep yeah. an eye on. So, uh, Julian, let's go ahead and switch sides. Go ahead and ask me some questions about this Dallas Cowboys team as we head into week four. Yeah, man. The thing I'm really interested in is uh, Dak Prescott. As we know, yeah. last year he had that catastrophic leg injury. I hated to see it. I think anyone who feels for any of these players hated to see that. I've loved Dak Prescott since he was back at Mississippi State. The fact that he took Mississippi State to number one in the yes. country that year with Dan Mullen. I don't think a lot of people understand just truly how remarkable a feat that was. He looks like he's been playing some of his best football of his career so far this season. What exactly have you seen from Dak Prescott that's made him successful through the first three weeks of the season? Uh, so we're going to start off actually with a negative, right? So okay, if, if you watch Dak play, it's pretty clear he's just not the athlete that he was a year ago at this time, right? Like I think that the two surgeries on his foot and ankle – have really zapped him of some of his athleticism and quickness. So, like, he, early on in his career, you, you used to see the Cowboys run a lot of read option, and they would try to get Dak out on the move and scramble and use him that way. But now he's really just a pocket passer. And I actually think that's been good for him, right? He's learned so much more about how to operate from the pocket and throw on, on timing and with anticipation, and it's just made him a much better player. So, he feels totally comfortable in this scheme. He loves playing with Kellen Moore. This is only like their ninth game really together with Kellen Moore having uh, no handcuffs on him at all from the head coach. Uh, so he, he just feels so at home in this scheme. And he's winning from the pocket. And when he's doing that, he's awfully hard to beat. So uh, I think this is the best we've ever seen him play. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the Monday night football game against the Eagles, and he was pretty reticent to go out there and to run the football, which I don't think is a bad thing for Dak, but he's been fantastic so far this season. Now, one of the things, too, heading into Monday night football was the questions about what's going on with Zeke Elliott. 
him and Tony Pollard, they combined for 160 yards rushing on Monday night. But prior to then, it looked like Tony Pollard was more of the feature back. What's the deal there in the back with the Cowboys and how they're trying to split those reps between Zeke, who's the high paid back, and Tony Pollard, who's also <laughs> a fantastic player in his own right? Yeah, it's a full-blown committee now. And the way that the Cowboys are going to divvy out these touches are basically by whoever's running better. And I think the goal is to get both of these guys around 15 touches, but I don't think they want any one guy to exceed 21 or 22. They're both very talented. They both have different skill sets. And depending on the matchup, there's going to be one guy that's just playing better. Uh, I'm not sure who that's going to be this week against Carolina's defense that's insanely fast. So it might be it might be Ezekiel Elliott just trying to run between the tackles, or Dallas might try to use Tony Pollard more on the outside to keep up with that speed. But they are going to be a committee. You're going to see both of those guys play a ton. You'll see some of them. Sometimes they play together, but this is no longer a backfield where Ezekiel Elliott gets 24 touches and Tony Pollard gets four. That's just not happening anymore. Yeah, and that's probably for the best, honestly. Yes. I and mean, we talk about here in Carolina all the time, Christian McCaffrey and his workload. Drafting Chuba Hubbard in part was to try and take some of that away from McCaffrey, who touched the ball 59 times in the first two weeks. And as we've seen, he's already out for the next couple of weeks with the hamstring. And I don't know how much that's based off of the workload or just bad luck for Christian McCaffrey. But seeing that Dallas has yes. that running back by committee, seemingly for a lot of Panther fans, is probably uh, pretty appetizing since so we don't have that here. Julie, I got a question for you. Just a really yeah, quick one. Sure. Do you think D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart is the best one-two punch ever at running back? I mean, certainly in this franchise in history. <laughs> the funny thing about that season, too, is like both of those guys had a thousand yards rushing in that season, and the Panthers went, I believe, eight and eight. Didn't even make they're, the playoffs. They're not great. It's like, how is that even possible that you could have a two-headed monster like that? Smash they that. were a lot of fun, though. So I just want to mention that out there. So go ahead. Yeah. Sorry about no, that. they were. People love Jonathan Stewart still. People are less uh Less inclined to say nice things about D'Angelo Williams over the last couple of years. Either way, um, but, but back to your Cowboys, though. Wide receiving core, of course, you don't have Michael Gallup right now. He's on IR. CD, Amari Cooper. What kind of challenge do you think these guys present to a banged-up Panther secondary on Sunday? I mean, they're just really good, and it's the way the Cowboys have built their team. It's really their only path to victory against good teams is, hey, we're just going to outscore you, right? Yeah. And they have multiple ways they can do that, right? CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are both guys who can win outside, but they also can come down and play in the slot. So if you have a slot corner that's struggling, they're going to put CeeDee in there and dare him to tackle. Um, if you have some linebackers that are you know, not great in coverage, they're going to put two tight ends on the field with Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz and – we saw that on Monday night. Dalton Schultz had a monster game against the Eagles uh, linebackers. So they're deep. They're super talented up top. I think Amari Cooper is one of the top two or three route runners in the league. They're going to present problems for just about any team in the league. It's just can the offensive line hold up? And for the most part, they have. Now they're missing Lyle Collins. The center, Tyler Biotish, is struggling a little bit. Yeah. But Dallas has done some good things to kind of mitigate their, their offensive line. Uh, but when everything is clicking and they're protecting deck, it's one of the top two or three offenses in the league. Yeah, and that's the key. You bring up the offensive line. This Panthers defense, we didn't even really get into the edge rushers and the pass rush uh, earlier in the show, but they have been awesome so far this season. Yes. 14 sacks, 30 quarterback hits. You bring up Lyle Collins, who what, he bribed like an NFL a uh, worker who was doing the, his drug test or something like allegedly, that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Sorry. Allegedly <laughs> bribed someone for the NFL because he was going to fail a drug test. And he's about been suspended for what, five games. So this can be his third missed so, game. 
really quickly, the NFL actually yeah. suspended him for two games. Okay. He appealed it, and when he went to go appeal it, his case was so bad they actually upped it to five games. So the worst, that's <laughs> got to be the worst appeal in NFL history. <laughs> that's just incredible that you got dudes <laughs> allegedly out here bribing uh, NFL employees. Um, either way, McKee's out. But you, you got Zach Martin, who's back after having his uh, COVID stint earlier in the season. You talk about Beattis struggling. Tyron Smith is there. How does this offensive line potentially stack up against guys like Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, who have been just fantastic so far this season with three and a half and two and three sacks for, or four and a half sacks for Hassan Reddick and three sacks from Brian Burns so far this season? Burns and Reddick are really, really good players. Really good. And I think Burns has been underrated going all the way back to Florida State. Yes. Thank you. But Tyron Smith is a different animal, right? Like when Tyron Smith is at the top of his game, which he is right now, I don't think it matters who you put on that side. He's just going to lock him down. Now, the other side is where it gets tricky, right? No Lyle Collins, so Terrence Steele, an undrafted rookie free agent, is playing over there. He's been okay. Now, the Cowboys have had to use a lot of guys to kind of help him and chip. That's my concern. But I'll be honest, Julian, my, my biggest concern is Derek Brown. Tyler Biotish has not played well to start the season. Um, Vita Vea just destroyed him in week one. He has a lot of pro- problems handling power. Well, Cowboy fans, if you're listening to this right now, Derek Brown plays with a lot of power. That's the matchup I'm really concerned about. Even though the, the edges are, I think, more talented and probably better at this stage in their career, I think Brown has a bigger mismatch inside. Yeah, Brown's been fantastic. Daquan Jones, too, coming over from Tennessee. He's also been able to add a lot in that interior offensive or defensive line for the Carolina Panthers. Look at the defense, though. Like We both think this is probably going to be a shootout. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Panthers have an awesome defense, but that Cowboys offense is going to present a challenge that the rookie quarterback in Davis Mills and a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson with the Houston Texans and New York Jets, respectively, just weren't going to offer much. And then the Saints – they had issues on the offensive line, which pretty much disrupted their entire day offensively. And we saw Tampa Jameis defensively, though, for the Cowboys, our old friend, Dan Quinn, who was a former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So not really a, fa- a friend, a foe for the Carolina Panthers. He's taken over as the D.C. after, you know, had a lot of success in Seattle under Pete Carroll, which led him to getting the Falcons job. What have you seen from him and his unit so far this season that apparently what leads the league in takeaways after three weeks? Eight. Eight takeaways after three weeks. So there's just some guys in the league that are fine head coaches but are born to be defensive coordinators, right? Like Wade Phillips is the best example of that. Like Wade Phillips was a good coach for the Cowboys and for a couple other teams. But when they're just focusing on one side of the ball, they can be fantastic. And that's exactly what Dan Quinn has been this year. They've had just a litany of injuries on defense already this year with Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory missing a game because of COVID. Uh, their secondary, some linebackers have been hurt, and yet they just find ways to make plays. They've got some weird fronts up front where you know they're going to put Michael Parsons over your worst offensive lineman and dare him to block him in space. Uh, they're going to send blitzes for four guys sometimes from one side. So the talent, if you look on paper, doesn't look like it's great, but they're playing really good team defense right now. They're getting quarterbacks frustrated and on their heels um, I'm excited to see this matchup because Sam Darnold is somebody who historically, if you pressure him, will throw you the ball. Can the Cowboys get pressure on him in this game? I think so, but we shall see. One last thing for you, and my listeners of our Locked On Panthers know how interested I am in the kicking situations <laughs> across the NFL, as we have one here that's uh, questionable with Zane Gonzalez as the third kicker so far this season for the Panthers. Greg Zerline for the Cowboys. It's been... 
a storyline two of the three weeks so far this season. Week one against Tampa, week yes. two, the game winner on the road against the Chargers. Didn't come up at all week three because of the blowout Monday night. How concerning, if at all, is the situation there with Greg Zerline as this could be a very close game that comes down to a last-minute kick? I mean, I don't trust him at all, so I want to avoid <laughs> kicking as much as possible, right? <laughs> Even last week against the Eagles, uh, they scored a touchdown to go up 20-7. to It's like, okay, great, you're up 14 they missed the, the extra point, and he missed it bad. It's like just when we are starting to trust Zerline, it's like you miss an extra point, and all of a sudden now we've got the concern again about him. So I, I think the Cowboys, they kind of know their kicking situation's a little shaky right now. I do think they're going to try to avoid it as much as possible, like extra points. And yeah. then if they can go for it at any point when it's not super unrealistic, they're going to do it. So – yeah, you're looking at end-of-the-half situations where the Cowboys are only kicking in fourth and 15, and that's probably about it. Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Julian, let's do some keys to this game. Um, For you and the Panthers, what do you think is something that we have to keep an eye on for this game? Robbie Anderson, someone I brought up earlier, he has... Barely any targets over the season, only 11, only five reception. He, he needs to be involved in this offense, especially now that Chris McCaffrey is not going to be a part of it. Sam Darnold has had opportunities to go down deep downfield. And Matt Rule said in his press conference on Wednesday that it's not really a concern for him that Darnold at times has missed the opportunities for large chunk plays. But you have to look at it, though. If you have the opportunity to go downfield to Robbie Anderson to DJ Moore, you should take that opportunity, especially against the Cowboys defense that – in the past, maybe not so far this season, has shown that they are willing to, not willing, but they will give up some chunk plays. So if he can take advantage of that and blow the top off of this defense with Robbie Anderson, I think that would be a massive key for the Carolina Panthers in trying to find some chunk plays and make it a little bit easier for them on Sunday as they're going to probably be in a shootout against Dallas. The last couple of weeks, the, the, uh, the, the keys have also been for me, and it's been pretty much every week, get after the quarterback. Yes. Week one, Zach Wilson, rookie, make his life hell succeeded with that week two, Jameis Winston. Yeah, sure. He looked great against the Packers, but it's Jameis. You get after him. He'll do stupid things. He did stupid things in that game. Week three, Davis Mills. Come on. He sounds like a shopping mall. Get after him and force turnovers, which they weren't able to do, but they were able to get enough pressure on him. I don't know if you can really pressure Dak and get him to make a lot of mistakes, but it didn't get to him like Philadelphia did in that, that one play in the end zone where it's kind of, Troubling to me that Kellen Moore would have such a long developing play there in the, in the end zone. But still, if they can get after Dak and kind of knock him off, especially now he's more of a 
a pocket passer than he is more of a dual threat like he was early in his career. I think the Panthers can have success there, especially the way that Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick and this entire defensive line has been able to get after the passer so far. And for Sam Darnold, I want to learn a lot about him in this game. The Panthers have yet to trail so far this season. Offensively, they've been up 75% of the time. He's yet to have to stress so far this season. Yeah, he's faced some pressure at times with the offensive line struggling, and he hasn't really turned over the ball so far this season. Yeah, he's had a couple strip sacks. He's able to recover those. I want to see how he responds against a marquee quarterback like a Dak Prescott and an offense. Like They're not playing against each other, but still, it's the first time he's faced off against a quarterback who – he hopes to be as good as he's not an equal to him just yet. And I think if he continues to play the way he's played so far, that maybe you can look at Dak Prescott as a peer. My biggest question for Darnold is, yeah, he's shown that he's capable for through three weeks that he can help you win ball games. He can take care of the football. But at the end of the day in the NFC, the guys got to get past if you want to go play for a Super Bowl are Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, the way he's played so far with the Rams, your guy, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. Can he, quarterbacks. Yeah. Can you be equal to those guys when your team needs you to do? Because now nowadays in football, you can have a great defense, but great offense beats great defenses more times than not. Can you be equal to Dak Prescott yes. and go toe-to-toe with him in a big-time game on the road against the Cowboys? That's one I want to see if Sam Darnold can do that. So those are my keys for the Panthers heading to Sunday's game. I will say, Sam Darnold, 1-0 against Dak Prescott in his career. He had a really good game yes, that's uh, a true. couple years ago. So he that was has the done it mono game, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. he has done it before. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can do it again. For me, it, it's really simple. It's it's one key to the victory for the Cowboys. Can they protect Dak Prescott up front? I'm honestly not worried as much about the edge rushers because we talked about the tackle situation. The Cowboys are fine there. And Dak has a really good feel of when to step up in the pocket and kind of avoid the speed rushers. Like, it's the one thing he does exceptionally well in the pocket. However, where he has always struggled is with pressure right in his face. Um, he sometimes gets a little too antsy. He'll bail out of the pocket. He'll try to throw with the guy right into his chest. If the Cowboys can't handle Derrick Brown and the other guys up front, I think the Panthers can do – I think they can shut down their offense. And when I mean shut down, I think they can hold him to 21, 24 points. Yeah. If the Cowboys can protect him and give him a clean pocket, then I think Dak should – he should light up the secondary. I mean, he really should, considering the weapons and the injuries that Carolina has, has had. So that's as simple as it gets for me. If the Cowboys block Derrick Brown, they're going to win this game. If not, I think they're going to lose. Yeah, and it's not just Derek Brown, too. I mean, Daquan Jones, Morgan yes. Fox coming up the middle. He's had a sack so far this season, but he had a ton of pressures in that week two game against the Saints. Brown has looked a lot like his Auburn self in terms of stopping the run, but he's never really been a pass rusher. But you're right to bring up that interior pass rush. And if the Panthers will also, with Phil Soto, the defensive coordinator, they'll also send safeties up the middle yep. or yep. Shaq Thompson in a rushing um, situation there, too. So, yeah, it'll right, be interesting guys- to see. Yes, I, I'm excited for this game. It should be a really, really good 1 o'clock game where uh, the 1 o'clock slate is not great this week, but I think no. this is the, the premier matchup. So, uh, Julian, tell the people where they can find your work. Well, they can find me in the same place they can find you, Marcus. Um, you can find me on Apple Podcasts. It's Locked On Panthers. Uh, you can also find me on Spotify, wherever you listen to the shows. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, uh, C-O-U-N-C-I-L, like City Council, so at Julian Council on Twitter if you ever want to get any perspective on the Panthers, what's going on in my hometown city here of Charlotte, and just whatever comes to my mind that I feel like tweeting out. Uh, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. You can follow my co-host at McCoolBCB. That's Landon McCool. Uh, you can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. 
Julian, thank you so much. Good luck on Sunday, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. I would say good luck to you guys, but I, 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 yeah, okay, fine. Good, luck. Good, good luck to the Cowboys. I'm excited about this game. Should be a good one.